think Tevez going to Juventus, what do that was for me, I mean... On a head-to-head -head battle, Atletico Madrid can do uh, more damage to Barcelona than the other way around. Either he's really blind, or he's fixing the match. I, I can't see it any other way. I'm, I'm trying to get Sir Bob on my side here by saying City will win the Premier League. It, it is an upset. You would expect Man United to go and win there. Over a billion dollars was paid in transfer fees uh, between the clubs in, in Europe. It's football. It's damn football, like Ferguson said. I believe I just scored against Mexico. Uh, at one point, Parma, I think it's only like 224 players under contract. Hey, they're going to throw me out of here, fellas. You're going to get me arrested on your show. If you're a serious talent, you're going back and you're playing for Santos. You, you know, you're going back to, to play for, like in Argentina, for River Plate or Boca Juniors, or you're going to Europe. He looked like the Ryan Giggs of old. He was more creative than any player on the pitch. Um, he made Matter look stupid. He made Rooney look silly. Now, the Premier League is what the most exciting league out there. I think it's probably the best marketed league without a question. When you look at the draw for the, the Champions League, you kind of say, well, all the pieces kind of fell into place for everybody except City. I am your host, Joe Ucello. Sir Bob, Mike Orr. My co-host, Rob Rojas. My trusted co-host, Ben the Machine. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to episode 293 of Low Limit Football on this 17th of August, 2020. I'm your host, Joe Ucello, and tonight, major upsets in the Champions League as we are on pace for an all-German or all-French final. Also, a megastar in the game may have seen his last days at his club because of this. We're going to break that down and much, much more with Fox Sports' Keith Costigan, who will be joining us in just a moment. But let me get my co-host in here, Mr. Roberto Rojas. How was your week off, my man? Oh, it was great, man. I mean, we, we saw, as you mentioned, a bunch of upsets, a bunch of great results, a lot, a lot of news occurring as well. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I think the one big one that we have to talk about was just something that happened just a couple hours ago. And I think yeah. it's a, a huge one considering the the, the um, how giant this player is. And we'll obviously get to that in a second. But this... This might change a lot of things now if it, if, if it goes the, if it goes the way that we're hearing. It very well could. It's it's going to be an interesting thing, and, and and obviously we're going to have some thoughts on it. So I think uh, well, let's talk about that in a minute. Let's get the show going proper like we always do and jump into our trivia question. And I have the honor tonight, uh, my friend. So if you don't mind, um, yeah. the trivia question tonight is uh, as I as I've tweeted in earlier in the week and as I mentioned in the opening monologue. We are on pace for an all-German or an all-French uh, Champions League final. We've got Lyon and PSG on one side from Ligue 1, and we've got Bayern Munich and RB Leipzig from the uh, from Bundesliga on the other side. So we have a potential all-German or all-French final uh, coming up here at the end of the Champions League. So my question to you is, my friend, can you tell me the last time we had an all-German final and an all last time we had an all-French final? And that goes all the way back to European Cup, okay? Not just Champions League proper. All the way back, can you tell me the last time we've had a German all-German final and an all-French final? And remember, this is coming on the heels of last year an all-English final, and we've seen uh, we've seen all Spanish finals, we've we've seen all Italian finals. But can you know, for now, for this particular trivia question, can you tell me the last time we've had an all-German and all-French final? I think I got it. All right, awesome. So we'll give you that in a couple of minutes. So let's talk about the big news um, of the day, the big news coming up, and and. Rob, I'm going to say that 
I've kind of seen this before. And we're talking about Lionel Messi here. Lionel Messi at this moment wants out of Barcelona. Multiple news sites are reporting this. I'm reading from CBSSportsLine.com um, that uh, Lionel Messi wants out of FC Barcelona following their 8-2 quarterfinal loss to Bayern Munich in the Champions League. According to journalist Marcelo Belcher, the 33-year-old Argentine superstar contract is set to expire next summer. But Belcher says, citing club sources, that Messi wants to leave now. That comes from a report from Roger Gonzalez on CBS Sports. Um, we've seen Messi do this before rob um where things go really really bad for him or correctly just a few years ago um mm-hmm. now the idea of messi playing in anything other than blaugrana is you know borderline blasphemy right i mean that's that's what we associate him with we we might even associate him more with the blaugrana than we do with the albi celesti right and to think about this is, is interesting on a couple of levels because you've got to remember one He's going to come with massive wages. Um, he does have his out every year, every summer. He can opt out of his contract and go wherever he wants as a free agent. Um, but obviously, Lionel Messi doesn't come cheap, right? I mean, he's not, he's not going to come to you for, for half price. So you are going to have to be able to afford Lionel Messi the player, never mind Lionel Messi the transfer. Um, so that's one. Two, where does he fit in certain teams? For me, Rob, you know, let, let's, let, let, me, let me go out there first and say... I don't think he's leaving. Okay. Okay. I I don't think he's going to leave. I think right now this is all, you know, hot and bothered stuff. We've seen this from Messi before. I don't think he's going to leave. Um, You know, fast forwarding, let's say he were to leave. Where would he go? Um, If I'm Lionel Messi, given that we just got smashed eight to two by, by the way, by an excellent Bayern Munich side, a Bayern Munich side that we've been saying now for a few weeks now, we'll win this champions league. Um, but to get smashed like that and you want to move on, where do I want to go? I want to go to a place that has a good goaltender or goalkeeper. I want to go to a place that has a good solid uh, defense, right, especially centrally. And I want to go to a place that has a good midfield that can help support me, right? Those those teams, those are few and far in between, aren't they? I mean, you know, come to mind, what was I thinking? I was thinking Inter. Inter makes sense, and I know there are rumors that he might consider going to Inter. Um PSG has a very good defense. When, I'm, I'm sorry, defense and midfield when healthy. Uh, that's another place he could go. Uh, obviously, Kevin De Bruyne and the allure of Manchester City reuniting with Pep Guardiola would be another great place. Uh, goalkeeping is good there. I don't know about the central defense, Rob, and we can talk about that. You know, coming up, given that uh, that City were bounced out of the Champions League by Lyon. Um, Juve would make sense. Uh, obviously, Andrea Pirlo has already started the process of overhauling that midfield. He's already gotten rid of Blaise Matuidi. You know Kadir is on the block. Um, they're shopping Douglas Costa around for $40 million. They're bringing in Dejan Kulishevsky, uh in from Parma. That, that was a transfer that was completed last year. You're, you, have a, you definitely have a young, solid central defense at Juve. No doubt about it. Demerol, you've got um, uh, Romero, over, who's currently over at Genoa. Um, he's actually Juve property. You've got Delict, you've got Chiellini, you've got Bonucci, you've got veterans, you've got everything you want there. So that Juve would be a place that makes sense. And if they overhaul the the midfield properly, which it sounds like they might be doing, that could be an alluring spot. Again, though, how much you got to pay them? You know, that's that's the key. So you've got to find teams that not only have the pieces that Messi wants to go to. But they have to be able to afford Messi, and I just think those those teams are very few and far in between, even if you're not paying a transfer fee. So, your thoughts on on the latest Messi news, Rob? Um, you know, your thoughts on my thoughts, I guess, and and where do you think this is going to go? 
Um, you know, it, it really is a, a tough situation considering this player, with the exception of another one that we know, is, is one of the few players that could move the needle when it comes to such a transfer like this. Mm. Having said that, let's backtrack to what you said about him doing this before. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the reference you made was that retirement from the Argentine national team, but that was after a match in the Copa America final. Mm-hmm. And if you also remember correctly, um, it kind of has a bit of foreshadowing, as we talk, as we see right now, of how you know the board is not supporting and, and, and you know AFA was like that four years ago after that final in, uh, against Chile. We're seeing something similar to this in, in Barcelona where we're seeing a board that is definitely not being supported at one way. Mm-hmm. Very, very unpopular. Um, the president, Bartomeu, as well. I mean, we we obviously saw now the, the sacking of Kike Setien uh, just uh, a couple days ago. Right. So it kind of does make sense why someone like him who... Needless to say, unfortunately, is at the twilight of his career. He's 33, um, you know, just finishing off the the peak years. Even though it's kind of came about that he's on like two million dollars, two million euros a week at Barcelona. I mean, that is astronomical, and I think, <laughs> like you said, a few clubs can pay that much. Um, I, I saw that his release clause, if he were to leave. Um, before opting out his contract next year, it's like five hundred million. And I mean, we, we we know Neymar went for two hundred twenty-two million um, back in two years ago when he went to PSG. But doubling that is that even remotely possible for any team to afford? No. Honestly, it's so you look at it in a in a long term. I, I I think looking now regurgitating everything that's happened. You talk about the teams that could afford him, you know. You mentioned Inter. Um, you know, obviously, uh, the former president, Moratti, even said that they could indeed get him. You look at Man City, which kind of also makes sense given he's had his former manager and his mentor in Pep Guardiola and his best friend in Sergio Aguero. So there's also that kind of um, connection. Juve is... Uh, think about this, Joe. Do, do you really think a team with Juve, with Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi can coexist, especially under another new manager? And this is another news that broke with Andrea Pirlo. Like, does it work that way? I don't know. It just it, it doesn't feel right. There's also the other mention. I mentioned this as well um, to you, Joe. I mean, Inter-Miami obviously needs a superstar. And, you know, Messi also has a, an apartment in the city of Miami, uh, alongside his dad as well. But can they afford his wages and, and and everything like that? So there's a lot of moving pieces. But, again, I if I have to make a, a big, you know, guess on this, I think he does stay and, and until the end of his contract in 2021. But let me ask you this, Joe, mm-hmm. playing devil's advocate in this case. And this was something that we had mentioned for quite some time, even when all those contract situations had been occurring or had in its history. I'm, I'm going to go down, arguably, as one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest of all time. I've achieved everything I could. I mean, unfortunately, I couldn't win anything with my country for Argentina. But in the end, I'm still going to be regarded as one of the greatest of all time. What if he just says, you know what, that's it. I'm done. No more. And he calls it quits. You I know, mean, can that not be a realistic uh, scenario? Well, I, I think it is. I think it's definitely a realistic scenario. I, you know, and I think it also comes with the uh, with the caveat that, you know, we don't know behind the scenes what would happen, but there's serious potential that, you know, Lionel Messi starts to shop himself around. Right. And he calls the PSGs of the world and he calls the Man Cities of the world. 
and and he says, "Listen, I want two million a week. I think I think the greater potential is him retiring." Then, I, I, let me sorry, let me interrupt. And let's be fair, the money he's made. I mean, well, let's be fair. By all intents and purposes, he's probably going to be a billionaire in a in a, short, in a few years. He no, could take less. a wage cut. He but, could take a wage cut if he needs to. I, you know, he certainly could. And I think actually that billionaire status happens before the end of the year. Um, if, if I remember the, the uh, Forbes report correctly, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo became the first billionaire, and, and he was only 10 months behind, and that was ba- way back at the beginning of the season. So I, I think that, he, yeah, he could, he could absolutely take a pay cut. I mean, he could, he could play for free, let's be honest. Um, you know, he could play for nothing. But again, this is Lionel Messi. This is not um, some charity case. You know what I mean? He's not doing this for the fun of it. You know, he does this for money. And, you know, and they all do to an extent. I mean, they all love the game. They all, you know, they all live and breathe the game. But ultimately, you find me, the professional footballer, that says, you know what? I love the game so much, I'm just going to play for free. You know, that guy doesn't exist. Okay? So you're going to have to pay for Lionel Messi. No matter what, he will come with a price tag, and that price tag will be significant. Uh, I, I, I don't think that that would change. Uh, I, I think that he would we'd have to be, be paid something that is uh, in line with what Lionel Messi is worth. I, I do think that. So I, I don't think Inter-Miami is an option. Inter-Miami might be an option three years from now, right? When he's 36, he wants to play a couple more years and then retire, retire. I think you could potentially see that. But I do not see Lionel Messi coming to the United States for the 2021 MLS season. I just don't see that happening. I do see him potentially going to City. I do see him potentially going to PSG as well. I think those are the teams that have the pockets that are deep enough to be able to afford Lionel Messi's wages on a free transfer, right? I mean, and you've got to watch the the, the whole FFP and all that stuff, and I know we're in a, a very strange time at the moment, but you've got to think that they can afford him wage-wise. I don't think Inter can afford him wage-wise. Uh, I don't think Liverpool wants him. Do you know what I mean? He doesn't really fit the Klopp stat, you know, style and everything, and they're, and they're pretty well set with where they are. It, Juve, I don't think he's coming to Juve. Uh, think about this would be, if you went to Juve, it would be Argentina part two, and what do you do with Dybala, what do you do with Messi, because they play the, the same positions for the most part. What do you do with What do you do with Ronaldo, well, I think, I think, and how are you going to afford that? No, but how are you going to balance that? Oh, God, no. Yeah, I mean, that, that. never mind the the financials. Right. The financials are a totally different world. I'm talking about strictly playing them on the pitch together. And I don't know that they can make Cristiano Ronaldo, Lionel Messi and Paulo Dybala all work together because Dybala and Messi tend to play in the same position and in the same style. So I don't know that that you could do that. It'd be a hell of a problem to have. It would be a nice problem to have, but I don't think that they could make it work effectively. So. I, I don't see him going to Juventus at all, period, end of story. I think if he does leave Barca, and again, I don't think he's leaving Barca, but if he's leaving Barca, it is going to be Man City, PSG, or retirement, like you said. I don't think Inter is going to come into the mix. I don't think Juve. I don't think any of those places. I don't are think Argentina. And I don't either. think, no, no, yeah, he's not going to go back to Rosario or something like that. He's not going to go back and play in Argentina. He's If he retires or if he leaves Barca, it's going to be City, PSG, or the comforts of my own home. And, and, to, and let's be fair, and this is obviously what we're taking out of the, the, the football standpoint. Why would you want to leave Barcelona as a, as a city? As a city, no, of course. I mean, it's a beautiful especially, city. Especially when you, because think about it, he's lived there 
we'll finish it off, obviously. He's mm-hmm. lived there since he was, what, 13? Right. The guy's 33, 20 years of his life, the majority sure. of his life in Barcelona. I mean, sure, but, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, I wouldn't leave Barca the city. He might retire and stay in Barca, right? And exactly. No, no, that's what but, I'm saying. It's yeah. like if he, if he were to retire, it would make sense to stay in Barcelona. Sure. And I think it would be more logical for him to retire than to go somewhere else yeah. because you've lived the majority of your life in a city where you're – Let's be let's be real. You're a god in in the city. Right. You'll always be a god. It's like that's that's just how I fully understand it all. But, but leaving Barca the football, you know, Barcelona, leaving Barcelona the football team. Not, yeah, he he could do that, but it and and he might do that because it's such a disaster right now. It is it is a mess. It is a hot hot mess. And all the eight two victory did for Bayern Munich or for Barca, the 8-2 loss for Barca, all it did was expose the mess. You know, now Kike Setien's gone. The reports are that Ronald Koeman was seen in Barcelona today. Uh, you know, what does that mean? Everyone's going to start reading the tea leaves on that one for sure. But uh, ultimately, it's it's a disaster in Barcelona right now. I mean, it's it's an unmitigated disaster, and they have no answers. Okay, so... Would would Messi leave Barca to leave Barca? Yes. I, I, would he leave the city? Probably not. Probably not. It's beautiful. He's lived there forever. Probably not. But I think Messi leaving the team, I think there's a serious potential that that could happen. I don't think the list of teams he would land at is very long. And I think retirement, although would be a little premature for Lionel Messi, is on the table. Okay, that's that would be my final my final thought on that. So. Let's let's table this discussion for now uh, because we had the opportunity to interview Fox Sports Keith Costigan to talk about all things Champions League. Uh, very excited to chat with him. So without further ado, the Keith Costigan interview. Joining us now on Low Limit Football from Fox Sports, Keith Costigan. Keith, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on tonight. I want to open the questions by uh, by looking at the, the final four teams here, Lyon, PSG, uh, Bayern Munich, and RB Leipzig. The question I want to throw at you, because this was actually posted on Twitter, something that I saw, and, and my co-host and I handedly win this tournament on their own, in your opinion. Um, first of all, thanks for having me. You know, delighted to, to join you guys. Um, second of all, I, I've never been really big on, you know, crediting a, a tournament or a championship to one player. I think in other sports, you, you get that a lot. You get it in, in, in basketball, you know, a player taking over a team. But um, I, I get the idea of people wanting to say this tournament was won by this team because of one player, almost like the Messi effect or the Ronaldo effect. Um, I, I think, you know, someone like Bayern Munich are so superbly balanced, but I would say if they are going to win it, it, it would probably be a Lewandowski who, who leads them to the title, given his ability in, in, the, in the penalty area. Um, the, the other player I would say most would look to uh, of the teams left is Neymar. I know he's won the tournament before, but he doesn't have a, a statement tournament win, a, a Champions League win that is his. You know, uh, a lot of the other ones we would say, well, Barcelona, that was Messi's team. He led them. I, I think if Neymar, who looked really, really sharp in the quarterfinal for me against Atalanta, um, I think if Neymar reaches his heights over these two games, I think it could be a defining moment in his club career to say that, hey, he got a team over the finish line. And, and ultimately, he, he delivered what he was sent to, to PSG to do, which is get them a Champions League crown. So um, it's probably not the, the, the sexy answer to say that I don't believe in one player being, uh, being the, the sole reason. But if I had to pick one, I would go with either Lewandowski or Neymar. 
You know, Keith, obviously you you had you made a great segue into what I think has been one of the big news outside of everything that's been occurring in the Champions League. And it's the rumor that's come out from Barcelona saying that Lionel Messi is prepared to leave Barcelona. We've had this discussion already with Joe about, you know, what could happen to Messi. I mean, obviously we kind of had built up all of this kind of drama that's occurring and what we saw um, in that game between Barcelona where they just lost tremendously badly to Bayern 8-2. I mean, where do you view the situation right now? I mean, do, do you see Lionel Messi possibly leaving before his contract had to expire? Do you see him staying? Or, you know, even if you had to hypothetically go into this situation, looking at everything that's been going badly for the club itself, is there a scenario where the club is doing investing the right money? And I, I think the club have been too, um, too worrying about is this going to please him? Hey, we're going to get Griezmann. You would, you know, I would imagine, you know, Messi and his, his people were, you know, um, briefed on, on some of those players coming in. Hey, we're going to sign, uh, you know, Griezmann. We're going to sign Coutinho. We're going to sign Dembele. So I, I think Barcelona, first and foremost, have to say, look, we have a lot of work to do. Um, we've made bad investment decisions over the last couple of years. The team isn't uh, anywhere close to where it was five years ago when they were Champions League winners. So we have to make a, a lot of decisions. Now, um, I don't think they need to be involving Messi or saying, hey, here's what we're going to do. We want to keep you happy. I, I think any decisions they make for the best of the club should should put Messi in a situation where he knows that they're, they're going to make the right decision for the club to be successful again. Now, Messi might decide that some of those decisions right now don't give the team a chance to win straight away. And he may feel like he has a, a better chance elsewhere to do that. And if he does, I think he, he's done enough for Barcelona for them to be uh, for them to allow him to leave with a little bit of grace and, and move on and, and accept another challenge. I still don't see it happening because I think if he wanted it to really happen, I think it could have happened over the last couple of seasons. Um, but but ultimately, I think you, not not Messi on the field, not his product on the field, but but I, I do think some of the the strategic decisions over the last couple of years have been made with, hey, we want to get the best out of Messi now, sign Griezmann, sign Coutinho. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's failed. Um, and, and I think Messi's people have to take uh, a share of the blame for that because I guarantee you they've been pushing to get the decisions made to to keep Messi the happiest. And, and no club should be run by a player. I don't care how good that player is. Um, I see him at Barcelona next year. Having said that, uh, if he did leave... Um, it wouldn't be as big a shock to me as it would have over the over the last you know decade when you, you just saw him being a, a Barcelona player until he retired. It, it's going to be a fascinating story. And, and the other side of it is, how many clubs give Messi exactly what he wants? Um, I, I I don't count many. I know Manchester City would be the obvious candidate that you jump out at. And beyond that, I mean, I don't know whether you guys can can think of many more. PSG, I guess you could add to it. Um, maybe a, a Juventus or, or an Inter Milan, but those clubs don't strike me as ready to really compete right now at the top end of Champions League. So, I mean, I, I don't know what you guys feel. How many clubs are actually in a position to give Messi what he wants right now? Maybe the other side of this coin that ultimately makes him make the decision that he, he stays at Barcelona. Yeah, absolutely. And Joe, you know, we'd mentioned this before. You know, there are only a few certain clubs that could afford uh, Messi. But at the same time, let's be fair, given the amount of money that he's earned over his career, you know, we had mentioned that he's perhaps on course to become a billionaire in, in, in a few short months or years. 
you know, I'm sure he's willing to take a pay, uh, a wage cut, but still, I mean, he, he, I think he does deserve the money that he needs, given the player that he is. Yeah, I mean, Keith, you know, it's funny. We, I, Rob and I feel like you were listening to our show before we uh, we added you into it because um, these are the things I said. For me, the, the list uh, is very short for Lionel Messi in terms of where he can go. I really feel like it's two teams. Uh, given given what I think his criteria would be for a team that he would jump to, plus the ability for that team to actually pay him what he's worth or what he would want, I think it's either City or PSG. I don't see any other teams out there that can, one, give him the team that he wants to play for or, or even the coaching that he wants to play for, and two, be able to afford his wages. I just that, I see it as two teams, and that's about it. Yeah, I, I think it's a story that's going to keep developing, and um, you, you know, it's 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 not just signing Messi too. You you have to make allowances because uh, you know you have to build your team around Messi. If he's if he's on your uh, on your your team, he is the, the 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 focal point. And you know, I, I remember Coutinho left Liverpool, which is which is my team. And I, I remember saying, are they going to have a second ball because Coutinho needs the ball at his feet? And and Barcelona fans were talking about him being a complimentary piece to. To, to Messi and it just didn't fit. It was the same with Griezmann. They seem to sign a lot of alphas to go alongside the biggest alpha in in the game, and um, I, I think that's been Barcelona's downfall: not not signing complementary players that you know help get the best out of of Messi. They may not be the top top player in the world, but they are the top complementary piece for Messi. So if Messi goes somewhere else, you know, does he immediately fit in with an already successful team? It, it, you know, people will tell you everywhere, every fan will say, oh, every team wants to have Messi. It's not quite as simple as that. You know, Barcelona have had Messi for the last four or five years, have spent more money than anybody else, and they haven't been successful in the European game. So um, whatever that can tell you. Um, but, but again, having said that, there'll be a lot, of, a lot of those big teams we just mentioned, I'm sure will have uh, pricked up their ears a little bit and said, hey, let, let's, let's find out if Messi's really serious about moving on. And if he is, they'll, they'll make a move. Well, from a team that is going under crisis to a team that has been flourishing, I want to stick into the team that probably is on course to become the best team in the world if they aren't already and win the Champions League. And that's Bayern Munich. I mean, you know, they're still on course for a treble, winning the Bundesliga and the Pokal. Uh, Juventus on away goals in the round of 16, defeating Manchester City uh, in the quarterfinals. Now they have this big task against Bayern Munich. I mean, how do you assess this semifinal, um, Keith? I mean, we know the different circumstances that can come uh, with this new scenario of a of a single um, knockout game. And I think that has been favoring these kind of upsets, if we want to name that. But, uh, you know, can Leon do it again and, and, and beat this powerful Bayern Munich side or you know are Bayern just continuing to go on course to perhaps win this entire Champions League yeah, for me look I've covered Bayern Munich for the last six years in, in the Bundesliga uh, people forget this season they actually fired their coach early in the season so they went through a coaching change um, they had Hansi Flick come in he made a couple of masterstroke moves uh, Alfonso Davies to left back David Alaba to centre back um, Goretzka has come into his own in midfield. Um, I, I think Thomas Muller has rejuvenated himself to being one of the world's best. He was he was ready to leave Bayern, or I think Bayern were ready to let him move on with Nico Kovac as, as coach. But Hansi Flick has built his team around him. So I, I think what they've done, they have they have power, they have you know skill in midfield with Thiago. They can beat you in so many different ways. I think this Bayern team is going to be a tough out for anybody. Having said that, um, I, I think. You know, you play against a Barcelona team who want to go toe-to-toe with you. 
I've watched Leipzig play uh, Bayern this year a couple of times, and they were a little bit more defensive, sat a little bit more of a lower block, and and they they really they really suffocated Bayern. They made it difficult. And Leon, as you've seen, aren't afraid to sit back and defend. Um, I watched them a couple of weeks ago against Paris Saint Germain, where they drew nil nil. They lost on penalties, uh, and I thought their defending in that low block was was as good as I've seen in a long time. So. I think when you when you beat teams like Juventus, um, I know they lost the game, but beat them in aggregate. When you when you come through against the Manchester City, uh, the, the confidence is on the counter. I'm not writing Leon off. I think it's going to be a, a cagey affair because you have a, a contrast in terms of tactics. But I, I do think this Bayern side has an ability to win games every way. Um, they're a great set piece team as well. So ultimately, I think Bayern get it done. But I do think Leon are going to make it difficult for them over the course of maybe even 120 minutes as well. You know, and and really, uh, Rudy Garcia has done a heck of a job in terms of defining that that defense that he's used against both Man City and he used against Juventus to really put pressure on the center of the of the pitch as teams would attack him. So he's done a masterful job there. I want to flip gears now and, and look at the other tie because it, it is certainly an interesting one to say the least. We have RB Leipzig. It re- they really left it late, late, late. I mean, they scored two goals in 90 minutes or later to end up polishing off Atalanta, an Atalanta side that has just come off of their season. And much was made of this. They just come off their season. They looked like they had tired legs as things went on. They lost Papu Gomez to injury in the middle of the match. And it just it just spelled trouble for them. And ultimately, the, the addition of Kylian Mbappe, although not 100%, but certainly his skills, you know, just was overwhelming to the point where PSG picked up their two goals. Now we go look at the other side of the of the match with RB Leipzig having disposed of Atleti uh, or Atletico Madrid. In, and this is a team in RB Leipzig that lost their top goal scorer and one of the top five scorers in the world in Timo Werner for this tie, still managed to find two goals. One one goal, which is the game-winning goal, scored by American and former New York Red Bull Tyler Adams, assisted by former NYCFC player Angelino. So a little MLS connection there on that game-winning goal for RB Leipzig. They're a team that still, they play very organized football. They They tend to be compact. They tend to you know, play intelligently as a unit. And I think that could pose problems for PSG, especially if they keep missing chances like they did against Atalanta. What are your thoughts on the PSG RB Leipzig matchup? Uh, I think it's, I think it's going to be a great matchup. Um, I, I think we obviously, I, I'm sure you guys know the backstory of, of Thomas Tuchel and um, Julian Nagelsmann and, mm-hmm. and their, their relationship. Uh, Tuchel was a coach um 12 years ago and and hired um, Nagelsmann to scout a game when he was a reserve team player and they, look they've known each other these are two of the the very top thing he, 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 you know he was at Borussia Dortmund but I think Nagelsmann is the 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 sexier name if you talk to any of the Bundesliga fans because he was he's so young but when he took over Hoffenheim they were in the bottom three and we thought they were going to get relegated he got them up to mid-table and the next season, they qualify for Champions League. Um, I, I mean, if that doesn't tell you about the quality of this manager, I, I don't know what does. He, he, um, within, within the space of two years there, there was a little clue about how good he was um, at Hoffenheim because halfway through the season, he had to agree to let uh, Nicolas Zulle go to Bayern and Sebastian Rudi as well. And the next season, they were even better without the top two players. So he's just a coach that finds a way. He's tactically innovative. He can be on the front foot and press. He can drop off and play in a low block. And sometimes that kind of inventiveness is, is difficult to predict for the opposition 
what team are you going to play? Um, so I think Nagelsmann, many coaches, I think if you, if you had a Jose Mourinho losing his, his top striker, you wouldn't hear the end of it. Nagelsmann hasn't really said a word about losing Timo Werner. It's kind of like, well, you know, we'll find a way. That's what we do. And, uh, he, you know, the, the, the parts individually. So I think, um, I think it's a very tight one to call. I do think, you know, the match-winning ability in the final third of Mbappe and Neymar just swings it for me. But I think, again, just like the other tie, I think Nagelsmann is going to make this very, very difficult. And uh, it's going to be a fun game to watch. And, and Julian Nagelsmann, is a name you're going to hear a lot of over the next decade in European football because he's a, he's a coach that has picked his, his position strategically. I think he'll be at Leipzig for a few years, but over the course of the next decade, he'll be at one of those big-name European clubs and he'll be doing damage in this competition for years to come. I, I couldn't agree with you more, especially on Nagelsmann. He's done such a masterful job there, and, and he keeps you know turning around this young talent. He's been absolutely wonderful, so I, I, I couldn't agree with you more on that. Uh, let's play prediction time. Uh, what do you think of these two ties? Who do you think will win? And who's your Champions League winner? I think we'll start with the, the, the Bayern Leon. I, I think it's going to be tight for, for large periods, but ultimately, I think um, I think Bayern just have a little bit too much. I think Bayern are going to win this one three um, one. I, I do think they have a vulnerability defensively. Uh, I, I think Jerome Boateng is is not going to be the centre back starting there next season. Zola will come back and be at full full pace. Both things played well, but I do think defensively they can struggle. So I, I think they'll concede, but I think they'll go on 3-1. In the, the PSG Leipzig, I'm going to go 2-1 PSG, and, and I'm going to go that Neymar-Mbappe combination being the key to, to the victory. I think, you know, hopefully we get to see Tyler Adams from the beginning, but what, what a great bump it was to see Tyler score such a big goal. And, you know, I think anybody who's been around MLS or watches the league felt proud. You know, we want to see young players from our league do well. Same with Alfonso Davies on the other side, right? Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think this is where it ends for, for Leipzig and Leon. And I think we see, you know, a really heavyweight matchup in the final between Bayern and PSG. And I'm going to go for Bayern. Uh, again, I just think there's, there's too many positives in that group, in that team. Um, I, I, again, I know Neymar and Mbappe can win a game by themselves. I know that's going to be a concern for Bayern. But ultimately, I just think Bayern, with the form that Muller's in, you know, Gnabry, uh, Perisic even playing well as well, um, and Thiago pulling the strings in the middle of midfield, I think they're going to win the, the, the Champions League this season. Yeah, I think, I think Bayern is the best team in the world right now, and I, th- I know Rob agrees with me as well. So before I let you go, I'd like to get one quick thought from you on the MLS's back tournament. Obviously, we've seen that, that tournament come to a close. Uh, Portland Timbers taking the crown, and with it, the CONCACAF Champions League entry spot as well. What were your thoughts on the tournament as a whole? Uh, you know, what did you think of that? What did you think of the final? What did you think of the job MLS did playing in a bubble, especially during this this pandemic uh, time? Yeah, I, I, for me, I thought it was at first. I think like everyone else, you're going, "How is this going to work out?" You know, it, it's you hear about some of the cases going in, and you're like, "Is this is this going to work?" MLS, what else could you do at that time? They needed to get back on the field. They needed to put their product on television again. And they came up with a way to make those games competitive. Um, I watched it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I, I think looking back, there's not one thing you could say, well, MLS could have done this better. Uh, I, I think everything worked out as, as, as well as you could have hoped for. Um, you know, I thought you know, the, the run for Orlando going so far and, and seeing the job Pereja's doing. You know, Portland, I thought, were very good, even in the group stage against LAFC. Uh, LAFC provided moments of, of, of magic as well. Despite playing without Carlos Vela, they showed 
were still one of the best attacking teams in the league. And, and LA Galaxy struggles continued. So there were so many storylines in there for me. And, uh, yeah, looking back at it, I don't think MLS could have done anything else. You can say, oh, it's a tournament. What does it matter? I think every player you could see there wanted to play. They wanted to win. And to go through it all and have no cases and no issues, um, it, you know, along with NWSL, who, who did it as well and, and did a great job, I think those two leagues set the bar. And, you know, we're seeing the NBA now uh, doing a good job. You know, baseball have had their issues coming back and, and other sports in America too. Um, but, but I think NWSL and, and MLS can, you know, hold their heads up high and, and be really, really proud of what they've done. And, and I, I think, again, for me, nobody could have done that any better. And, and I credit the league for, for the, you know, the, the forward thinking to come up with the idea and then the, the ability to implement it as well. So great job all around. I completely agree, especially given the way Europe had to kind of wait to come back. They came back behind closed doors, and and they still traveled. But obviously, where we were in the pandemic versus the European uh, countries, the ability to so quickly put together a tournament in a bubble, secured, safe, for not only the players, but the coaching staffs, the referees, everyone involved, I thought was it was definitely a credit, both on, like you said, on the MLS side and the NWSL side when uh, when they played their tournament as well. So definitely kudos to both. Keith, thank you so much for coming on the show and joining us. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. All the best uh, to you, and uh, look forward to speaking again very, very soon, my friend. Thanks, guys, and enjoy the games this week. We'll revisit. Uh, we'll revisit the predictions, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, I'm celebrating getting the predictions right. But thanks for having me on. Sounds like a plan. Thanks again. And special thanks again to Keith Costigan for joining us on the show. Rob, let's um, let's go look at some matches of the week coming up this week because obviously we are heavy with Champions League and Europa League. At the time of this recording, we do have one Europa League spot left to be decided, the Inter-Shakhtar um, Donetsk uh, matchup that's coming on Monday. We will probably be releasing this show after that, but we don't have a finalist as of yet. The finalists will face Sevilla in the, in the Europa final on Friday in Germany, so... That's going to be one to look out for Friday at 3 p.m. will be the Europa League final. And as far as the Champions League goes, my friend, we have on Tuesday, the 18th, we have RB Leipzig, Paris Saint-Germain. And on Wednesday, that's going to be a 3 o'clock start. And on Wednesday, we also have a 3 o'clock start for Lyon, Bayern Munich, with the final being played on Sunday at 3 p.m. as well. So those are definitely going to be the highlights of the week to watch, without a doubt. When we get back to it, we'll start to incorporate a little more MLS as they start to get back into the groove. And we're only a couple weeks away of kicking off the the 2021 seasons around Europe. So believe it or not, it's all coming very fast and very furious. Um, Rob, let me give you the trivia question again. I'll give it to you before. Uh, We are, as I had tweeted earlier in the week, and as we've said earlier in the show, we are on pace for either an all-German or all-French Champions League final. Last year, we had the all-English Champions League final between Liverpool and Tottenham. So it's interesting to see that another signet done with with Italy. Uh, We've seen it done, uh, you know, in a couple of places, but uh, we've never, actually, I shouldn't say we've never. The question to you is, Rob, when was the last time we saw a German final? And when was the last time we saw an all-French final? So can you give me that? Okay, so obviously the obvious one is I don't think we've ever had a all-French final. That's correct. An all-French final has never happened before. Because Marseille was the only champion in 91. I, you know, I don't know. In 93. Right, yes, correct. And we also had um, Lyon, I believe it was, in the final as well. Um, you know, a little more recently. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, Monaco. No, Monaco. 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 Monaco, Monaco. Porto, 2004. Yes. yes, that's right. So, right. Uh, but it has never happened. We've never had an all French final. How about for Germany? 
The last one was, I think it's the only one. I could be mistaken, but uh, it's uh, Bayern Munich against Borussia Dortmund, 2013. 2013 Bayern with a 2-1 victory over that. You know what? While we're talking about it, let's give some predictions. Um, what do we think? Uh, let, let's start with the Europa. Uh, let's assume, I, I, you know, let's assume Inter, who are favorites to win that match against Shakhtar, although by no stretch of the imagination could they, you know, could Shakhtar be eliminated? They could also win it. But... If we have a Sevilla Inter final, who's your champion? And if we have a Shakhtar Sevilla final, who's your champion? I, the two great finals if it occurs. But for some reason, I still will favor the probably the kings of the Europa League. I think Sevilla would do it either way. I just feel like they've had the experience. They have the history in the competition. Uh, you know, they've been impressive so far. I mean, I, I would favor them, even if they do play Inter. I, for some reason, I think they... They will lead their their dominance for another year in the Europa League. So my pick is Sevilla. It's it's hard to it's hard to go against Sevilla. They keep winning the, the tournament all the time. But a lot of that was done under Unai Emery. Uh, if you remember when they won three straight, That's right. I, I I don't think Shakhtar can beat either of these teams. So I think we're going to end up with an Inter Sevilla final. Uh, and if it's an Inter Sevilla final, I'm going to go the other way. Uh, I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm going to trust in Antonio Conte and his ability to win one match. Although the pedigree with Sevilla is very very long and very very strong. I'm going to take Inter to beat Sevilla in the Europa League final. That's That'll be my prediction. So we'll have to see how we do on that one. Or if it's Shakhtar and we're both wrong. So who knows? <laughs> uh, you know, let's let's go to the other side. Let's go to the uh, the semifinals and the finals of the Champions League. Uh, let's we'll start with PSG um, Leipzig, which is coming up on Tuesday. For me, Rob, I, you know, like I said with Keith, this, this Leipzig side is very, very well organized. They're very quick. They're very young, youthful, talented. I think many, many times they are underestimated as well. However, this PSG side, although you know, had a real physical battle against Saint Etienne in the in the uh, Coupe de France final, they had a they were stalemated against Lyon in the Coupe de la Ligue. They left it very, very late to find their scoring boots against Atalanta and beating them. I, I do think that the longer Kylian Mbappe is allowed to heal and the longer he's allowed to stretch his legs and be more functional or more part of a match the more dangerous PSG is to me. So for me, I do think PSG moves on in this, but I think it's very, very tight. Maybe 2-1, maybe 1-0. And it wouldn't shock me if this went to extra time or penalties as well, but I'm going to take PSG in that one. How about you? Yeah, I think I will um, echo what Kate said, that this will be a really tight game against two sides that are really good. And and like you said, I think Leipzig is a side that has been underestimated, um, even though they shouldn't, given the quality that they have at their disposal and having Nagelsmann as a coach. Um I think they shouldn't be discredited, but having said that, I think this PSG side you know, have a bit better of a pedigree in terms of players that they have. And like you said, you know, Mbappe, even though he's not fully fit, he could still be deadly and then such an important player alongside Neymar and many other players as well. So, yeah, I think I'm going to put PSG as the as the finalist for from that semifinal. Yeah, and for me, you know, going into the Bayern-Leon match, um, you know, as, as well organized as Leon has been, throughout this tournament as well organized as they were against PSG in the Coupe de la Ligue final. Bayern breaks you down so many different ways. They can do it on the wings. They can do it up the middle. They can do it any way they see fit and they can change their style of play to make it work. Uh, Thomas Muller hasn't gotten enough credit for what he's done for that team. And ultimately for me, this Bayern side is just absolutely rolling. It took them about 20 minutes into the Bundesliga season return for them to find their 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 boots, and when they found them, they've never taken them off, in my opinion. I've got Bayern winning this one, and, and it's going to be significant. I think it'd probably be something like a 3-0 to me. 
Yeah, I think I'm going to go with that. I mean, they have, like, what, 100 goals? Uh, no, sorry, 155 goals in all competitions, 39 in the Champions League. They've, they have a perfect record. I mean, you can't really go against them. As as great as this Lyon side has become and, and really have been enchanted, a lot of people with their games, uh, with their wins over Juventus and Man City, I think they're dream ends here tonight. Yeah, and I think the Bayern side will win convincingly uh, on the day. I do as well and you know looking ahead to a final that should hold Paris Saint-Germain for the first time in their history in the Champions League final against Bayern Munich who's won I want to say they've won six times Robin and I know that number is wrong but for some reason that number sticks in my brain I don't see PSG beating Bayern Munich I think I think Bayern can defend as well as they can attack you know Jerome Boateng is certainly questionable in the back but ultimately I think this is the kind of situation where Bayern is just, they're too good and playing too well and too clean and too clinical for really anyone to challenge them at the moment. And it's really scary because the off season is going to be very short for everybody. And these guys are going to jump right back into the Bundesliga season and continue to steamroll. I've got Bayern Munich winning this one. I've been saying that for a few weeks now and I, and I don't see any reason. Two heavyweights of the game. The first team, uh, well, the first league to come back from the COVID-19 pandemic, the last team against the last team or last league to not go back to action on the league, but come back to competitive action before the start of the Champions League. Um, I think we've all said that Bayern Munich are probably, if not the best team in the world right now, with a team that has just been so, so great. Even under uh, a new manager that they had to deal with over the season, it's been a complete turnaround. We see the likes of a player like Robert Lewandowski flourishing. You know, you have the likes of... Uh, the, the reemergence of a of an Alfonso Davies who has been great, you know, Navri, Goretzka, Muller, you know, the list goes on and on and on. Um, and I think at the end of the day, I think we will see Bayern uh, champions of the Champions League for the sixth time. So the, the last time was in 2013, they, they, they won their fifth title, so they would win their sixth one. And again, like you said, it, it would be kind of the 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 ending of a good season for them, the first team to the first league to come back to action. Um, in the era, wins the biggest title in all of Europe. So my pick is Bayern Munich as well to win the Champions League. Great stuff, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. So without anything left on the docket, my friend, let's hit the closing music. Yes, sir. All right, let's get it going here. And so for episode 293 of Low Limit Football, special thanks again to Keith Costigan for joining us. Next week, we will recap the Champions League and Europa League. Also keep an eye out on our Twitter feed and keep an eye out on our website as we are going to do a Champions League final preview later in the week once we have our finalists set. So for episode 293 of Low Limit Football, I am Joe Ucello. I'm Roberto Rojas. Thanks for listening, everyone, and good night.